Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Peck Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. So today, Paige, this is so much fun. We are going to be talking about Christmas. So while we are filming this, Christmas is just days away. And we are so excited to share with you what we do in our family to make Christmas memorable. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about lots of different traditions, fun things that we do, different little activities. And because of that, we are not going to share a fun family activity like we normally do on the Teaching Self-Government podcast. But instead, we are going to share a whole bunch of different activities, lots of them. And as with everything here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we are going to be relating things to self government. So this is how it's going to go. We're going to talk a little bit about how Christmas relates to self-government. And then we're going to talk about what happens at the Peck house on Christmas and not just on Christmas, but around Around Christmas. Christmas. (laughs) And then we're going to, then I have a story and this story is so tender and so dear. And I want to share and that just really brings out a, a beautiful principle of self-government, but is also a joyous Christmas story um, that I highly recommend. Anyway, it's called A Family for Freddy. So we will read A Family for Freddy to you and we'll discuss that with you toward the end of this podcast. Anyway, so what I would like to talk about first, Paige, is um, the vision. Okay, so our family has a vision of who we're becoming, this picture of who we want to be as the Peck family, what we want our relationships to be like. And that doesn't mean we're going to be perfect every day of the week. That doesn't mean we're going to marry somebody who's a hundred percent perfect or whatever. Cause you know, everybody's going to marry different people and start their families. And there's lots of different collections, but there's this feeling, this spirit of who we are trying to be. And that's, that's our goal. It's called our family vision. And I teach how to make those in the teaching self-government parenting course. And our family vision page revolves around what? Christmas. That's been the biggest thing ever since we started creating a vision. Um, It was always our family vision is we'd be gathered for Christmas dinner and, you know, there'd be certain uh, sights and smells and tastes and, you know, certain favorite family foods. Um, But I think the biggest thing was um, we described the feeling that would be present at the Christmas gathering 20 years from when we made our vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that feeling was always something that was capitalized on when we talked about the vision. And that feeling was, you know, a feeling of love and acceptance and I guess you could say coziness, but also of familiarity and friendship and just the deep connections that come with family. Mm-hmm. And we knew that there would probably be probably be, you know, extra people added to that family because, you know, 20 years down the road, you never know what's going to happen. 
Right, right. So, well, and we're not there yet, and you're married, so you know I, we already know <laughs> somebody else is going to be there. Yeah. yeah, no, that's true. That I think you're really um, capturing that feeling. It's the spirit of family, the spirit of who we are. And Christmas Eve is our favorite holiday day. Like that's that's just we just love it so much as a Peck family, and so this day is a day that that represents who we're becoming and every year we practice at it and we're going to talk about that um but i just wanted to start by sharing how important it is now you don't have to use christmas for your family vision date that you're shooting for you could pick any time some people pick a, a holiday in the summertime or an activity that they always do together as a family or something but you'd want to pick a time where you can say, I want to envision my family 10 or 20 years in the future and who we've become and, and what our relationships are going to be like and what that connection is like Paige was describing. So anyway, that's what Christmas is to me. That's what it is. I think to all of us in our family is Mm -hmm. it's about family. And when you think of it, Christmas is about becoming one. It's, it's about like the brotherhood of Christ, actually. So, it, it, you know, that the, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ kind of a thing. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of yeah. this brotherly kindness and stuff that we see at, at Christmas time. And so it really does just the holiday itself lends to it really revolving around family. Mm-hmm. And, and it, and, you know, if you're not with, you know, your parents and your brothers and sisters and people who are in your family and, you know, you're a little bit more off by yourself, it still is about family because you call them and you send a card and, you know, all those kinds of things. It's just one of those holidays that reminds us about the people that we love and about what's most important. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's not all the commercialism. We've had some interesting Christmases Paige, I would love for us to just to remember Christmases. Do you remember when we did a homemade Christmas? Oh yeah, that was fun. In fact, I still have a couple gifts from that. Um, I remember London and Porter, um, they delved into our craft stuff and we had, we have an assortment of just random craft things. And I remember I got clothespins with two little googly eyes and a pom-pom nose from London. I think I got four of them. It was a Rudolph. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, kind of. Anyway, I think you're it, supposed to be a Rudolph, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they stayed on my boombox antenna for years. I think I just, I think I finally was just like, you know, these were cute. But I can't. <laughs> it's okay now to get yeah. rid of them after yeah, all. Yeah, but time. for years they stayed there. Um, I remember we had that one, and I remember there was one year we did a, um, like a Salvation Army Christmas or like a thrift store Christmas, where mm-hmm. we, I remember I got everyone a gift and I spent eight bucks. It was mm-hmm. great. <laughs> yeah, we we were like, okay, we don't have that much money. Let's have let's have the thrift store Christmas, right? So we go to the thrift store and everybody is in there together, but they're trying not to show each other what they're getting and they're sneaking around and, and they're trying to find, and like, there were some cool things, some weird things, some, you know, (laughs) that were brought out, but it was just like a laugh because it's like, what can you get at the thrift store and still call it good for Christmas? And, And obviously, I mean, you did get a couple other things, you know, from Santa that weren't thrift store, but, um, we were super poor that year that we were super yeah. poor. And so we thought, and our children don't have a lot of money and we can't fund a lot of things. And so let's do a thrift store. Christmas. But you guys made it fun. Like you presented yeah. it to us in a way that guys, 
So this is kind of the situation. However, we're going to make it fun. Yeah, I don't even know if we 100% shared the situation. I remember I when we did so, homemade we're still Christmas. Young, but. Yeah, I remember when we did homemade Christmas that we um, we talked about like just how awesome it would be to make things for each other and how that was a show of love. We didn't talk about how we really didn't have a lot of money, but the creativity (laughs) that came out, people wrote homemade stories for each other and made stuff out of wood that was a little rickety and whatever, (laughs) but like they just did, y'all did the best you could. And and you could see that like each person thought of each individual in each gift, you know, and you're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, wow. Like, I never would have even thought of anything like this. Yeah, like Quinn, I remember, made, he's like, I'm going to make a parking garage for all Porter's cars. Oh, yeah. Right? So I remember all this wood and he's putting it together to make it a parking garage. And he looks at it and he's like, I'm pretty sure I just made a night table with multiple shelves. <laughs> <laughs> and he painted it. And anyway, and, and, um, and so, and Porter used it for a night table forever. He yeah. used it for a night table. It, I think it got used to park the cars for like maybe a week or two, but then it, <laughs> it just turned into a night table. But, you know, it was just little things like that, that, that we did. And, and after we did the thrift store Christmas, we called it the DI Christmas because the, the thrift store by our house is called DI. And, and so we, we called it the DI Christmas. And the next year you guys were like, let's do DI Christmas again. It was fun. And every year you wanted a theme. Is it a homemade Christmas mom? Is it a DI Christmas? Is it a- <laughs> and there was a point where it's like, we could afford more again, but everyone still just wanted to do yeah. the DI Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause you found oh, some okay. really cool stuff there. I know. I think that year Quinn, got me this really old trunk suitcase thing for super cheap. And then he bought me a pair of ice skates mm-hmm. and I thought that was really cool, you know? And so I had to, I had to go try them out. We had to go to one of the had ice, skating ice skating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had to get them sharpened of course, cause they were very dull. Um, <laughs> it was so cool. Like, um, and I remember every time I ask him, so what's, what's in there? He's like, Hawaiian air. Don't ask. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like we, this is Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but anyway, anyway that was yeah. so fun. I remember I got London and Porter their own fork. It was really funny. Um, yeah, I just barely, hand. I just barely threw those out because oh, the kids were like, "We don't want to use those anymore." I'm like, "Yeah, we haven't used them forever." Yeah, like one was a pink handle, one was a blue handle. I'm like, "Perfect, they'll have their own fork." They wanted their own fork for forever. I know. Yeah, and so they <laughs> the used their fork. <laughs> But like it worked. Okay. So let's move on. So, so in our family, as you can see, the sky is the limit. There's no rules. We just decide what we want to do and we make it wonderful. So there's some, um, there's some spiritual things we do. And then there's some kind of fun things that we do too. And I'm hoping that as we just talk, we'll, we'll get to some of the stuff that's the very best. We, we learned early on that Christmas is about the people. It's not about the stuff. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. We don't compare who got more, who got bigger, who got whatever, you know, that because it's not about that. And I love that. Porter said that to me um, a little bit ago. He, you know, I'm like, oh, let's see. I, I don't know if I need something else for somebody. And he's like, mom, you know, we don't all, we don't keep track. We know that people aren't going to always open the same amount of things. We know that's not how it works because you guys just have a certain amount of money for Christmas. You get what you think people need and want and that it's not always going to be a hundred percent 
fair in every way and, and we don't care. You know that mom, right? I'm like, oh yeah, I know. I totally know that. And I loved hearing that. I loved hearing that he was like, mom, we know, like we have no problem if somebody opens five gifts and we only open one, you know that, right? Yeah. You know, and he, anyway, it was just really neat that he, that he brought that up. And I thought that's because our family has always been that way. It hasn't been about the gifts. It's been about the, just <laughs> celebrating the holiday and being with each other. And um, there was one year where uh, we ended up getting a, a secret Santa that came. And we did. Yeah, that was a, it was a beautiful that year. That was probably one of our most poor years. And Porter was in the, the hospital right up until Christmas and with pneumonia really bad. And we had someone who came and brought us Christmas when we weren't going to have really much of anything. And that was such a tender, tender thing. I, I, my husband's business was really struggling to, to get started and it was just a hard time, but we were just like, whatever, we'll go through it, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I don't get stuff like that keeping me down, but, but to see someone so sweetly bring us stuff, the fixings for a Christmas dinner and bring us and multiple know. gifts per child. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember that year I got a blue polka dotted fleece hoodie and London got a pink one, a matching pink one. The whole and... family got the whole family got fleece jackets from old Navy. I remember whoever got them for us, they got us all one. Yeah. yeah. And I, that was probably my favorite jacket for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really precious. Anyway, but I think especially after that Christmas, it was even less and less about the stuff. Mm -hmm. It was like, no, Christmas is just this beautiful time to celebrate just light and, and the best part of humanity. So anyway, so let's talk about some of the spiritual things first, and then we'll get into some of the kind of crazy fun things um, that we do so Paige what's what's one of the spiritual things you can think of that you enjoy about Christmas that we do um I know one thing we do and it usually doesn't take very long but every year we all sit down and we write a letter or at least a note um to baby Jesus you know just because that's the season so we have a stocking that we have um on our garland of stockings that is just full of paper from years past and we it's because we all write something that we want to do like a gift that we want to give to baby Jesus and mainly that's us promising to do something better in the new year or you know things that we want to try to improve upon um Mm -hmm. so whether you know you're struggling with an addiction of sorts or whether you want to pay more attention to your family or you know, that's something that we would write down, like, oh, I'm going to um, do better at reaching out to my family this coming year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that would be something that we would give as a, a Christmas gift to, um, you know, we would say baby Jesus, but to the Savior. And we have a certain stocking that hangs next to all of our other stockings, and that's baby Jesus's stocking. Mm-hmm. And we put all those notes in there. No one ever reads them. Nope. They're just completely anonymous. It just fills up with those notes over the years. The stocking gets a little more full and a little more full, (laughs) but we know what we wrote in there. Mm -hmm. We know what we said and what we wanted to improve upon. And that's what matters. And we do that on Christmas Eve. 
So before we get into all the festivities, or maybe after, we've sometimes done it before, sometimes <laughs> after, um, supposed to be before, <laughs> but we we put we put baby Jesus first, and I mean obviously he's not a baby, but he was, and like you said, <laughs> it's the season. We put we put him first, and we we give that type of a gift of love there, which. It's a really tender thing. I love that. We also act out the nativity. Mm-hmm. We always do that every Christmas Eve. That's part of our Christmas Eve time. Um, and everybody dresses up. We have had people be donkeys. <laughs> we have had people be stars, stars, camels, <laughs> everything. We have all kinds of things. Sometimes people play multiple parts, you know, it, because depending on our, our cast limitations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Depends on who's there, how many cousins we have or, or whatever, but it's a really special thing. And then we sing and our family uh, loves to sing and has always loved to have singing time together where we just sing carols together as a family. In fact, another thing that we did, usually the Sunday before Christmas, this is what we've always done. I have to admit, we did not do it this year. We ended up with some other family stuff that we were very busy with, and it just didn't come into play. But usually the Sunday before Christmas, what we always used to do was we would go caroling as a family. And we would go around and sing to all of our friends. Of course, this year it's COVID too. So it's like, do people really want to open the door to a whole bunch of carolers? So that's probably another reason it never really came into reality. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know not everyone loves the idea of carolers, but I feel like it just creates such family unity. Mm-hmm. And so super, super beautiful time that we shared together. So Paige, what are some of your fun, uh, your favorite, let's just talk about Christmas Eve because that's our favorite, right? So on Christmas Eve, we have the dinner, all the festive favorites, right? Mm-hmm. The ham and yeah, all that's our Christmas dinner. It, it happens on Christmas potatoes. Eve. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we do the ham, the funeral potatoes, the rolls. Um, sometimes we do yams and apples. That's more of a Thanksgiving thing, but it usually comes out at Christmas too, actually, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, we do that. And then, but one of, I think one of our favorite, one of my favorite traditions for Christmas Eve is something that I've only seen our family do. Um, and it's called, we call it Little Jack Horner. So it's based off of the nursery rhyme, Little Jack Horner. Um, and it goes, Little Jack Horner sat in a corner eating his Christmas pie he stuck in his thumb and pulled out a plum and said, what a good boy am I? And, and so we actually turned that into like kind of a, a Christmas Eve gift giving thing. Cause you know how a lot of families will open one present um, usually like pajamas or something on Christmas Eve. So we don't do that, but little Jack Horner is something that we, we like to do. It's basically, so we have a bucket or a bin or a tote or something that it's big it's like the biggest bowl you own or like a box even like yes but yeah. we try to usually make it round because it's a pie yeah <laughs> yeah so like a wash tub <laughs> well because usually it's grandma and grandpa who do it for all of their kids and their grandkids and mm-hmm. so you got to have a lot of things anyway so really big bowl covered in wrapping paper on top with a bunch of strings coming out the top you know kind of drooping over the sides at the end of each string is someone's name so you go find your string with your name on it and you hold on to it and so then we recite little jack corner once for practice always Mm -hmm. and then as we say it again 
we say little Jack Horner sat in a corner eating his Christmas pie. He stuck in his thumb and pulled out a plum. And so when we say pulled out a plum, we all pull out or pull on the string with our name on it. And we pull out the gift that's attached to the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we finish that off and say, and what a good boy am I, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of my favorites because we just get a, a sweet little something. And it's a family tradition that we do just for us. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's like a pair of socks or like a bow for your hair or, I mean, it could be little things, a little flashlight, you know, I mean, it can be any little thing, but the point was, it was just something to pull out of the pie, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, it could be bigger too, if you wanted to, but um, you know, once grandma gets enough grandchildren, it's like, <laughs> Ooh, it's not going to be so big, you know, <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, it is such a fun tradition. I absolutely I love doing little Jack corner. It seems like aha, Christmas is here. As soon as you, mm-hmm. as soon as you do that nativity and then actually before little Jack corner, we usually have a family talent show. Oh yeah. And that's where we do, you know, youngest to oldest. I know for the last multiple years I've done a singing talent just because, you know, I was studying music as a vocal performance major. And so that was kind of a thing, but, um, it was really but fun. This year, you and your husband, you know, you're going to be coming. With oh, your boy. <laughs> we haven't Uh-oh. even thought about that yet. <laughs> uh Oh, you, you got to get going. Okay. So we've had some weird talents in the past. Like sometimes they're weird. Sometimes they're just straight up comedy. Sometimes they're for sure. Legit artistic, like a song, like Paige was saying, or, mm-hmm. or something, but it could be something you've done over the year something you've memorized a recitation, you know, or something, it could be anything, but, but the children do the talent show. So this Mm -hmm. is the time, this, this talent show is the time where the parents get to have the children give back to them. Cause usually the parents are putting in all this work, all the food and the little corner and everything else. And so this is the time where the children and do the talent show and the parents get to sit and go we have such awesome kids <laughs> anyway and and they just enjoy that and it was always fun to see what my my cousins would come up with and and that kind of thing so when I was little growing up and little Jack Horner by the way was made up by my grandfather so it is definitely just a family thing that's just us that we do um we have a few little unique traditions in our family which is which are kind of fun Mm -hmm. so another tradition that started when Paige you were really little we um, started a tradition where we would read a Christmas story every single day Mm -hmm. throughout we started doing the 12 days of Christmas and so we'd start on like the 12th and we would read a Christmas story every day but then we started finding stories more than just 12 so we had to start like the beginning of December Yeah. Then we just started, it was like our Christmas Advent every day. (laughs) We'd have our family devotional time. And as part of that, a part of that devotion time, we, which we call Canon at our house. um, We would also read a story in the month of December, which is so fun. And then it culminates, it ends on the 23rd, which is what page? Christmas Eve, Eve, or as Porter coined a while ago, Christmas Adam. (laughs) because christmas adam is the day before christmas Christmas eve Eve. (laughs) obviously we're completely out of context there but (laughs) anyway yeah so on christmas eve eve on the 23rd of december we have fondue 
Mm-hmm. And so all the cheesy goodness and totally not healthy because it's Christmas. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> your belt. Enjoy. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Don't wear a belt. Just <laughs> put on your jammy pants. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So we, so we have fondue and then we read stories under the Christmas tree. The children set up all the blankets and couch cushions and pillows <laughs> and everything. And we all lay out there in the room and then we read stories because there's all these fun books that are inspiring stories, Christmas stories, and mm-hmm. we read those. Yeah. And then um, the tradition is the children sleep under the Christmas tree. As they've gotten a little older, they actually go to bed. Uh, mostly. <laughs> well, we, we start out under the tree and then come like two in the morning when our backs are hurting, then we go like, to bed. <laughs> I think a bed is nice. Yeah. When you're, now you're bigger. Yeah, exactly. So that's, it's like a fun family sleep out, you know, under the tree. So they get that bug worked out of their system. <laughs> so they're not staying up under the tree on Christmas Eve. So that's fun. And, oh, we love Christmas. Yeah. We love and Christmas we have, Eve. We have a whole, a whole chunk of stories that we like to read. And, um, I know there's one of my favorite ones that we read. It actually isn't a Christmas story, but I always make sure it's included just because um, it's called He Took My Lickin' For Me. Um, oh, whoa. That's a tearjerker. Yeah. And it's, I like to read it because it reminds me of the Savior and the sacrifice the Savior made for us. Um, but you'll, you'll have to go look it up. It's a really good story. Um but it, that's one of my favorites. And that's the one I always look forward to on Christmas yeah. Eve, Eve. So there are, we do, we read the same songs, the same stories every year, which is beautiful. I, I'm a sucker for a good uh, picture book. And especially <laughs> if the story makes you cry. And I really think my children love to pick the stories for me to read that make me cry. And they're yep. like, oh, mom's going to cry. Here we go. You know, <laughs> um, but I want to read you a story right now. So remember, I said I would read the story, and this story is called A Family for Freddy. And this is one of the stories that will get read again. Paige is going to have a repeat, you know, on <laughs> Christmas Eve, but this will get read again on Christmas Eve because it's almost always read every year on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. And so, and it's by Abby Blair, and I'm, I'm just going to take the time and read it to you. You're going to hear pages turning in the background, just like go with it. Story time with Nicolene. Okay, so here we go. Um, a family for Freddie. I remember the first time I saw Freddie. He was standing in his playpen at the adoption agency where I work. He gave me a toothy grin. What a beautiful baby, I thought. His boarding, his boarding mother gathered him into her arms. Will you be able to find a family for Freddie? Then I saw it. Freddie had been born without arms. He's so smart. He's only 10 months old and already he walks and talks. She kissed him. Say book for Mrs. Blair. Freddie grinned at me and hit his head on his boarding mother's shoulder. Now, Freddie, don't act that way, she said. He's really very friendly, she added. Such a good, good boy. Freddie reminded me of my own son when he was that age. The same dark, thick curls, the same brown eyes. You won't forget him, Mrs. Blair. You will try. I won't forget. I went upstairs and got out my latest copy of the hard-to-place list. Freddie is a 10-month-old white Protestant boy of English and French background. He has brown eyes, dark brown hair, and fair skin. 
Freddy was born without arms, but otherwise is in good health. His boarding mother feels he is of superior mentality, and he is already walking and saying a few words. Freddy is a warm, affectionate child who has been surrendered by his natural mother and is ready for adoption. He's ready, I thought, but who is ready for him? It was then 10 o'clock on a lovely late summer morning, and the agency was full of couples, couples having interviews, couples meeting babies, families being born. These couples nearly always have the same dream. They want a child as much like themselves as possible, as young as possible, and most important, a child with no problems. If he develops a problem after we get him, they say, that is a risk we'll take, just like any other parents. But to pick a baby who already has a problem, that's too much. And who can blame them? I wasn't alone in looking for parents for Freddie. Any of the caseworkers meeting a new couple started with a hope maybe they were for Freddie. But summer slipped into fall, and Freddie was with us for his first birthday. Freddie is so big, said Freddie, laughing, so big. And then I found them. It started out as it always does, an impersonal record in my box, a new case, a new home study, two people who wanted a child. They were Francis and Edwin Pearson. She was 41, he was 45. She was a homemaker, he was a truck driver. I went to see them. They lived in a tiny white frame house in a big yard full of sun and old trees. They greeted me together at the door, eager and scared to death. Mrs. Pearson produced steaming hot chocolate and oven warm cookies. They sat before me on the sofa close together, holding hands. After a moment, Mrs. Pearson began, today is our wedding anniversary, 18 years, good years. Mr. Pearson looked at his wife, except, yes, she said, except, always the except. She looked around the room. It's too neat, she said, you know. I thought of my own living room with my three children, teenagers now. Yes, I said, I know. Perhaps we're too old. I smiled. I don't think so, I said. We don't either. You always think it will be this month and then next month, Mr. Pearson said. Examinations, tests, all kinds of things over and over, but nothing ever happened. You just go on hoping and hoping and time keeps slipping by. We've tried to adopt before this, Mr. Pearson said. One agency told us our apartment was too small, so we got this house. Then another agency said I didn't make enough money. We had decided that was it, but this friend told us about you, and we decided to make one last try. I'm glad, I said. Mrs. Pearson glanced at her husband proudly. Can we choose it all, she asked. A boy for my husband? We'll try for a boy, I said. What kind of boy? Mrs. Pearson laughed. How many kinds are there? Just a boy. My husband is very athletic. He played football in high school, basketball too, and track. He would be good for a boy. Mr. Pearson looked at me. I know you can't tell exactly, he said, but can you give us any idea how soon? We've waited so long. I hesitated. 
there is always this question. Next summer, maybe, said Miss Pearson. We can take him to the beach. That long, Mr. Pearson said. Don't you have anyone at all? There must be a little boy somewhere. After a pause, he went on. Of course, we can't give him as much as other people. We haven't a lot of money saved up. We've got a lot of love, his wife said. We've saved up a lot of that. Well, I said cautiously, there is a boy. He is 13 months old. Oh, Mrs. Pearson said, just a beautiful age. I have a picture of him, I said, reaching for my purse. I handed them Freddie's picture. He's a wonderful little boy, I said, but he was born without arms. They studied the picture in silence. He looked at her. What do you think, Fran? Kickball, Mrs. Pearson said. You could teach him kickball. Athletics are not so important, Mr. Pearson said. He can learn to use his head. Arms he can do without. A head, never. He can go to college. We'll save for it. A boy is a boy, Mrs. Pearson insisted. He needs to play. You can teach him. I'll teach him. Arms aren't everything. Maybe we can get him some. They had forgotten me. But maybe Mr. Pearson was right, I thought. Maybe sometime Freddy could be fitted with artificial arms. He did have nubs where arms should be. Then you might like to see him. They looked up. When could we have him? You think you might want him? Mrs. Pearson looked at me. Might, she said. Might. We want him, her husband said. Mrs. Pearson went back to the pitcher. You've been waiting for us, she said. Haven't you? As she spoke to the pitcher. His name is Freddie, I said, but you can change it. No, said Mr. Pearson. Frederick Pearson. Frederick Pearson. It's good together. And that was it. There were formalities, of course. But by the time we set the day, Christmas lights were strung across city streets and wreaths were hung everywhere. I met the Pearsons in the waiting room. There was a little snow on them both. Your son's here already, I told them. Let's go upstairs and I'll bring him to you. I've got butterflies, Mrs. Pearson announced. Suppose he doesn't like us. I put my hand on her arm. I'll get him, I said. Freddie's boarding mother had dressed him in a new white suit with a sprig of green holly and red berries embroidered on the collar. His hair shone a mop of dark curls. Going home, Freddie said to me, smiling, as his boarding mother put him in my arms. I told him that, she said. I told him he was going to his new home. She kissed him and her eyes were wet. Goodbye, dear. Be a good boy. Good boy, said Freddie cheerfully, going home. I carried him upstairs to the little room where the Pearsons were waiting. When I got there, I put him on his feet and opened the door. Merry Christmas, I said. Freddie stood uncertainly, rocking a little, gazing intently at the two people before him. They drank him in. Mr. Pearson knelt down on one, one knee. Freddy, come here, come to daddy. Freddy looked back at me for a moment, then turning, he walked slowly toward them, and they reached out their arms and gathered him in. 
Oh, that story gets me. I, I don't know if you could tell, but I was holding back the tears. <laughs> oh, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you you weren't the one reading it. I was trying to get through <laughs> it, but we read stories like this. You know, I love that story. Um, Paige, why does it make you cry? Just seeing all the love that people can have for people who aren't, you know, necessarily their own flesh and blood. Sorry, I'm still crying. But um, <laughs> seeing that appearance and physical limitations, they, they don't mean, you know, they're not everything. Sure, they might inhibit a few things, but a person is a person and they deserve to be loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all, it also could be that lately I've been thinking a lot about adoption. And um, so this story is, again, this year, it just hits me even harder than ever. But yeah, I mean, it's something that I do think about. And I feel like it's something that, you know, maybe I might do in the future. You never know. Yeah. I love the love too. And, you know, people who who take care of children who have been displaced in foster care, adoption places, um, who adopt children. I mean, their hearts are just groomed in a special way, you Mm -hmm. know, for that. And um, I know that when I did foster care years ago, I just fell in love uh, with the children, even with all their problems, because I can see their potential. And Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things I love about this story is that you see the parents immediately go to potential instead of problem and limitations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we could do this and this and this instead of, Oh, we couldn't do that. No, dang it. We can't do that. Yeah. And so, and as where they could focus on the negative, they, they choose to focus on the positive and that's good parenting. Mm Mm-hmm. Because no matter if your child doesn't have arms or does have arms or whatever, your child is going to have some problems. I mean, every person is, they have their issues, they have their problems, nobody's perfect. And, and you can't spend your time focusing on the problem. You have to focus on their potential. Mm-hmm. Who are they becoming? What, what do they have in store for them down the road? Right. You know, even though this particular thing might be hard or a stumbling block or whatever it is that they have to overcome, let's let's think of who they can be. And I think that's to me, that's to me Christ-like love. And so, you know, this story has a bit of Christmas because they get them at Christmas, you know, but really it's just a story about love. Mm-hmm. just deep love. And, and I absolutely love it. So those are the kinds of stories that we read <laughs> on Christmas Eve, Eve, and it's just so much fun. If you're looking for a new tra- tradition, that one is a blast. Of course, we go see all the lights in the different places, you know, light displays and stuff. We deliver treats in secret to people. <laughs> you know, this year in COVID, I'm not sure exactly how much of that, that we're going to do, but um, we Do-do-do-do. deliver to neighbors. Yeah, only to people who wouldn't freak out. We would <laughs> somebody would be like, I am not eating this, you know. Anyway, but um, but we we do all those things that, that a lot of other people do, but some of these are some of the you know, some of the new ones that we do. There was another one I thought of. Um Christmas Eve, we actually have other traditions. And I'm not Christmas Eve, I said the wrong holiday, New Year's Eve. 
So New Year's Eve. Yeah. Traditions, which are kind of fun. Those are fun um, ones. Yeah. So Paige, how about you describe uh, New Year's Eve? So New Year's Eve, um, usually all of our Christmas stuff is still up, our Christmas tree especially. Um, so come New Year's Eve, um, once it hits, you know, the New Year's, we have a tradition where we all have a pot or a pan and a spoon and we go out on the front porch and we bang pots and pans and we scream happy new year out into the night um but and so then we take those pots and pans and we put them under the tree and on santa's way back to the north pole he drops by and leaves us one more present in um, our in our kettle yeah it's That's, called a kettle gift our, it's a kettle gift yeah mm-hmm. yeah so we have that one and then after we do that my dad will bust out his trumpet which he used to play all the time. He only plays it once a year now, <laughs> but he'll well, he'll bust out his trumpet and he'll play Auld Lang Syne into the night, um, which is kind oh, of a, yeah. a somber. It's eerie. Yeah. It's like eerie, but but full of love, but special and hopeful all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Auld Lang Syne is an incredible song. I, I love that song. But the neighbors come out of their houses just to stand on their porches, back front, back porches, front porches, just to hear our dad, just to hear my husband Spencer play his trumpet in the dark of the night after all of the celebration has happened. And it is just, oh, it just gives me goosebumps every year when it happens. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And so then in the morning, the children wake up. They don't have to wait for anybody to go in and (laughs) their little kettle gifts. They go, they look at their kettle gift whenever they get up and we do have special meals. We're not going to get into all that. You know, we have a lot of small little traditions now that I think Uh, about it. We have tons, certain meals we eat on on (laughs) certain days (laughs) Yeah, on on Christmas Eve, on Christmas day, we have the special Christmas breakfast on Christmas day that we have certain things. And I mean, we just, my mother, my mother, (laughs) my mother, she made, she's like the queen of traditions. She made life beautiful and wonderful because she created traditions embraced traditions she created the kettle gift tradition Mm -hmm. well traditions create things to look forward to so not only do you get to look forward to gifts but i know like for us we look forward to reading the letter from santa claus on top of the pile of gifts that santa left us you know okay so tell what we do what what it looks like when santa comes oh yeah santa Santa treats our house santa treats our house you know um differently than other people's houses <laughs> so when santa comes he leaves all of his gifts in one big pile in the living room and then he covers it with a blanket and on top of the blanket he lays this nice crisp piece of paper that has his letter to the family for the year um and i'm usually the one that ends up reading the letter it just kind of happened that way um but we read the letter well first we go around and we do stockings and then when we when we're done with stocking stuff then we read the letter and then each child grabs a corner of the blanket and on three we lift the blanket off and we get to see the humongous not humongous but usually the mound of gifts that santa leaves it's varied in size year by year but (laughs) depending on what's under there you know yeah but it's all wrapped and then we start with the youngest child 
Um, and so Porter gets to open a gift and then London and we all wait and we all wait and we watch and we get to ooh and ah over their gifts just as much as they do. And so Porter will open one and then London gets to open one and then I get to open one and then Quinn gets to open one um, and then mom and dad and so forth. But we do that one gift at a time because that way Christmas lasts so much longer. It lingers. And, yeah. Uh-huh. We and but we all, out. we all get to take gratitude and, you know, kind of enjoy the things that other people get as well, instead of mm-hmm. focusing on ourselves. So we get to focus on everyone um, during that time. It's again, a family unity moment. I mean, mm-hmm. we are so family unity junkies. It's not even funny. <laughs> we don't even want Christmas to be about selfish. It can't be, it can't, it can't be. It, it's yeah. always no, Christmas way. for us is a whole day ordeal. So we'll do Santa gifts. We're not allowed to wake up the parents till 7am. That's another tradition which is a good one. I'm going to institute that when I have kids. <laughs> Sleep <laughs> like is it. nice. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so we all storm down the hall at 7 a.m. Anyway, so we do Santa gifts and then we clean up and then we all make breakfast together and we all have breakfast. So bacon, cheesy garlic, hash browns. Um, sometimes we'll have German pancakes, you know, or monkey bread. It just, it kind of depends. And then after that, you know, we'll all I don't know. We all just kind of appreciate what we got from Santa. And then in the afternoon, then we do family gifts. So the family gifts, the ones that we give each other, they wait till a little bit later, sometimes till the ones under the tree Mm -hmm. or till like, you know, 2 PM. And then we do the same thing. The youngest, he actually gives his gifts first. So the youngest will then give out his gifts, um, you know, one by one in age order um, and all the way up through mom and dad. And that takes, you know, usually a good hour or so for the family gifts. Because we watch everything be unwrapped. We do not unwrap over the top of each other. It's just what we do to make the whole day just, I don't know, maintain its magic as long as possible. And it works. So yeah, then we usually, then we have all of our gifts and uh, we clean up. And usually around that time is when grandma and grandpa would come and visit. Mm -hmm. And we get to give our gifts to grandma and grandpa and they'd get to give our gifts to us. Um, around that time, we'd usually have, um, our neighbor come over too. Cause she's like kind of our, they're our adopted grandparents. It's really fun. Um, but we always, she, have... she actually usually comes over on Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. Well, one usually. of those days she yeah. comes over. Um, and sometimes, um, so Miss Sherry and Mr. Ray, they're our favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I don't know. It's Christmas just lasts all day with our family and I love it Mm -hmm. it's fun and then we play games and you know just take it easy but um yeah that's Christmas Uh, the Peck family everything is about the whole group it's Mm -hmm. not just about one individual getting one thing that they want and what it's about everybody being together like that's what the whole thing is about so anyway Christmas is so much fun I hope you're (laughs) ready for Christmas I hope that if you're listening to this in June sometime because you caught it late and you want a Christmas boost that you (laughs) that you still get some things out of this you can do to strengthen the unity in your family because really to me Christmas is all about family unity and that's what we try to make it at our house and that's when a person is self-governed they have more of an allegiance to family than an allegiance to self Mm 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's it's all about um, family unity. So thank you so much for joining us on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. We hope you have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. If you happen to listen to this in your Jewish Happy Hanukkah. Um, but we just know that all these times of the year with the holidays are just about family. So we hope mm-hmm. you will enjoy your times together. And if you want to learn more about helping your family become united and learning self-government. And creating a family vision. Exactly. And learning skills for solving those problems in calm ways. Then go to teachingselfgovernment.com. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.